Application legacy modernization. This is a problem that a lot of organizations are dealing with. They have a lot of old code. They need to go to the new architectures to gain the value that they provide. And uh, a lot of people don't know, do I rewrite my whole application? Do I try to break out small pieces? Uh, you know, so it's, and, and then architecturally building it on the other end is, is always a challenge. So what, what do you say to those people? Yeah, for me, I see two classes of customers in this modernization journey. And the way I classify them is that one class stops way short. And these are what I call the cloud uh, modernizers. You literally believe that by taking a legacy application and migrating it to the cloud, that they've done something um, substantive for the business. Now, they certainly get IT benefit. It, it is a more agile environment, and they get to lower some operational costs right. because they don't have to operate some of the componentry that that application may run on. But it's probably going to be more expensive um, in the cloud, and they haven't changed the business outcomes of that particular application. So those guys stop too short. And then the other class of modernizers are the people who I like to say went over the deep end, and they did exactly what you just said. Right. They took something that worked probably on a mainframe, maybe on a more client-server environment, using a relational database, SQL application, and they said, we've got to bring this into the modern world, and it needs to use more data and scale and maybe even use AI, so we're going to rewrite the whole thing. Right. And that is a travesty. They may um, use things like NoSQL databases because they think their SQL system won't scale. So they have to rewrite the whole thing, and they either do it on Mongo, changing from SQL to a completely different model of a document database. They may do it on a key value store like Cassandra or Cosmo. And, and Dynamo, and all of a sudden, all of the code that they had before is thrown out the window, and they're writing from scratch. And it's going to take them a couple of years, a great deal of money, and probably be at risk. And those two groups, the cloud who went migrators and the rewriters, are the groups that we are trying to give an alternative. Yeah. And that alternative is keep that legacy application that was so powerful and inject it with new data because now you're migrating that SQL that was centralized SQL to distributed SQL on Spice Machine mm -hmm. and now add machine learning models and new data sources on this new foundation that is finally scaled out but don't rewrite the whole thing. Right. That's our story. That's what we're trying to mm -hmm. help people along in that journey. Yeah. I've spoken to a couple of people recently and they're talking about companies uh, that are coming out with these data platforms that look to solve a hybrid problem where, okay, you have your legacy application, it's on-premises perhaps, but we'll be an abstraction layer on top of that with a lot of APIs and help with a lot of the integration and data integrations and things of that nature. And, and uh, you know, some people are saying that that really is kind of the future for that because the cloud providers, you know, own a lot of the, the data warehousing and, and that kind of stuff. And companies that had been trying to offer similar things as cloud services now seem to, a niche seems to be there for, for uh, integration. What, what do you see about that? Um, I call those the duct tapers. 
<laughs> and those duct tapers are going to suffer the same um, pain that the Hadoop world felt. And what they're doing is taking a fundamentally different set of compute engines that need to come together in a more seamless way <coughs> and trying to accomplish that through an abstraction layer and, 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 and um, APIs to duct tape together operational workloads to run your application, analytical workloads to um, derive insights from them and prepare data for machine learning. And then, of course, the, the um, libraries that are necessary both to perform machine learning and to keep track of machine learning workloads mm -hmm. and deployments of models. Those three areas are going to be, sure, strewn together with APIs, but again, um, it's feasible to get that done. It is a lot of heavy lifting. Essentially, that's what we do mm -hmm. under the covers, right? We do that kind of connection of those um, compute engines, but that's heavy lifting for an IT organization. And moreover, if you don't do it well, you're, you end up moving data around in these APIs from compute engine to compute engine causing latency. And that latency um, on the tech, the technical people understand that latency, but the business experiences that latency in very real ways, like um, not getting data to um, a machine learning model fast enough and where you're um, backed against the wall for decision-making. Great example of this is when we deal with insurers. Insurers have a certain amount of time by which they are responding to claims after the first notice of loss. And, you know, they, they don't have forever. And when they make the decision of whether they're going to pay out a claim or not, or escalate it because of a fraudulent question, meaning, I need to investigate this claim because this doesn't look right for some reason. That happens on a particular day. And if you don't have all the data you need in order to make that model accurate, your model is going to provide a lot of false positives and you're going to be paying out claims you shouldn't pay. And it's all because data is moving around too slow in these duct tape environments with APIs on top of engines. So that's my, my view is that if you don't seamlessly bring this all together, and this is a new idea, so we're evangelizing for sure. Mm -hmm. This didn't exist in the past. This is the fundamental invention of, of, our, of our environment at, at Splice Machine. So this is education for the whole marketplace because they didn't know this existed. But if you don't bring it all together, then you're going to end up moving data around, and that's going to introduce latency, and that's just not good for the business. Mm. So uh, let me ask you this. It might seem like a bit of a silly question, but I'm sure a lot of organizations are doing this. They have these large legacy applications that have served them well for many years, and many of them are taking an approach, well, you know what, we're going to leave that because it works, and we'll, going forward, build things for the newer architectures and then getting them to talk to each other at some point as necessary. And what do you think of that approach? Yeah, so... That's happening left and right. I would argue um, that is the primary the primary motion of digital transformation today. If you look at digital transformation, I'd argue that 
they're going after those greenfield opportunities for the most part mm -hmm. um, that were not addressed in the past and the legacy applications have been left behind. And um, our argument is that um, those legacy applications are custom for a reason. Those are crown jewels. Companies have decided to keep this code in-house versus using some packaged application that makes them the same as everybody. They chose to do this custom in-house. And there's a reason why those applications were, were kept as um, custom applications because they have proprietary and potentially differentiating business logic. If they don't modernize those things, they're opening themselves up to the upstarts that are putting data and intelligence at the forefront of those applications. Like in financial services, just to stay on this topic, right? if, if you look at, let's say, the insurance and banking industries as, as a whole, there's all of the old guard that we know of as the brand names every day. And they have those legacy applications that they may not be modernizing. Imagine competing against the digital upstart who, who's underwriting application in these two worlds, old world. Hey, that underwriting application was written 30 years ago. It works. Let's leave it in COBOL and leave it on the, uh, on, on the uh, mainframe. Right. Let's not touch that thing. And imagine comparing that to a new digital upstart banker or insurance company who has a, an underwriting application to determine you know, whether they should take on a new client or not. And that, that particular application is streaming in vehicle information directly from like companies like Carfax or others mm -hmm. in, or, in order to feed machine learning models that are scoring whether that particular customer is a good client or not. Right. How are you going to compete with that digital upstart if they're starting with an application that incorporates that type of intelligence if you leave that legacy underwriting application alone? I think it's extremely dangerous. And what we try to argue is that, that even though that was old, that application, and it works, you don't have to fear mucking with it because we're keeping it whole. We're just migrating it to a distributed SQL model, but it's the same app. So your risk is lower, but that app now has got the foundation to become an intelligent app with machine learning because it can scale. Business logic is the same, so your risk is lower, but now you've opened up that opportunity. And so we try to walk the clients from that perception of we better not touch it to that it's okay to touch it because you're not touching the, the actual business logic very much. Mm -hmm. You're touching the underlying foundation. Right, which allows them to bring in all the other data points and things that they need to act exactly. on. And feed right. it, and feed Streaming vehicle information. Right. Bring in social media. Do sentiment analysis on, you, on, on what's going on in social media so that you can get signal and make decisions on things with data now that you used to only have in, in systems of record with hard-coded business rules. Now you can make it really intelligent right. and not have to worry about that and finally compete against those digital upstarts who built their application mm -hmm. from scratch that way. Right. So it sounds like what you're saying is the you know move to the cloud approach is going to be painful and the tear it apart and rebuild it part is going to be painful 
and the middle choice is going to be painful, but not as painful as the other two choices. Right. Well, I think moving to the cloud is a great idea for companies. I, I don't want to mitigate the benefits of, of that um, right. agility. But, right, but not just lifting and shifting into the cloud. But don't stop there, right? right. Don't just, I mean, stopping there is, isn't going to bring the value. It's an important step on the journey. We help with that. In fact, um, it, I think it's very important for companies to watch out that they don't get that, that just transfer vendor lock-in. Mm. You know, being angry at the audit every year that takes place with Oracle and being frustrated about it and trying to fix that by going to Amazon is just transferring that annual uptick of pricing that's going to take place from Amazon versus then than um, Oracle isn't really going to help your problem with vendor lock-in. Right. And going with something that gives you the flexibility of moving between, you know, Azure and, and Amazon and other clouds mm -hmm. is very is a very important thing to take a serious look at. And lots of vendors in the data space like us provide that vendor flexibility or that cloud, um, you know, sort of um, of ambiguity and you can be Swiss of your cloud infrastructure provider there. And I think that's another element of that cloud migration. But yes, don't rewrite your applications <laughs> and take away all that wonderful business logic that works. Augment it with a better data foundation and augment it with AI. Well, sounds great. I only wish that our listeners could see that Paisley shirt that you have on because I haven't <laughs> seen one of those since like 1972. But, uh, I love uh, this. <laughs> it's great. It's great. All right. That's great. Monty, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you very Adam much. Had a great weekend, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk to your yep. audience. You too. Take care.